The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And for the second straight game, you see a complete team effort from the Royals. From starting pitching to bullpen offense to defense. And KC wins its first series since June 29th. Feels good, doesn't it? Defeating Toronto 7-1. And it's Davo. Glad you're along for another edition of Your Dish on Clubhouse Conversation, where we are going to look straight ahead at the three-game series coming up with the Chicago White Sox Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. The Royals have an off day tomorrow. We'll preview those three games coming up here in just a few minutes. But first, let's get to this game and begin with our player of the game for the 53-58 and 58 Royals. And for the seventh time this year, Kendrys Morales garners player of the game honors. There were a number of great candidates today. I thought about Yordano Ventura at the beginning. And then you look at guys like Alcides Escobar, Chesler Cuthbert, and Raul Mondesi, and Paulo Orlando. All up and down this lineup. We'll talk about all these guys. But I give Kendrys the player of the game because he put the stamp on this game. He put the game on ice with his two-out grand slam in the seventh inning. How big was that off of Brett Cecil? Put this game away. Toronto's got a potent offense, so you're ahead 3-1 to one at that point. You feel pretty good about where you're at, but of course, you don't have the shutdown bullpen you've had in recent years right now with injuries to guys like Luke Hochaver and Wade Davis and struggling guys such as Joaquin Soria. We even saw Kelvin Herrera on Friday night, give up a home run to Mr. Ty Cobb, a.k.a. Devin Travis. So the game wasn't totally comfortably in the win column until Kendrys hit his 18th home run of the year off of Cecil from the right side there in the seventh inning. And that pretty much put the game on ice, got the Royals a win. Kendrys adds a walk for good measure. But let's go all up and down the lineup today, like I mentioned. Alcides Escobar from the leadoff spot. How about his second home run of the year? Escobar visits Dongtown. And straightaway center field, nonetheless. I don't remember too many balls Escobar's taken deep to center field at the K. And that might be the first one. Usually it's to the left field bullpen, it seems like. Or right down the line. There may have been another center field home run hit by Escobar at the K, but if there is, I don't remember it. And that's his second home run of the year in the fifth inning off of Marcus Stroman. Eski adds another hit, another run. Overall, two for four with two runs and an RBI. In that two-hole, Chesler Cuthbert just continues to take that position on the uh, in the lineup and run with it. Two for four out of the two-hole. Chesler, just 23 years old, is OPSing 777 now. A guy who, if he OPSs 800 and what would end up being pretty much a full season at the major league level at third base... You know, defensively, he's not too far away from Moose defensively. You'd have some, uh, well, you know, you, you, there's no possible. You're going to have some questions going into the winner, what you're going to do over there at the hot corner. Because, I mean, if Chesler is OPSing 775 to 800 and next year would be making about six to $700,000, Moustak is going into the last year of a contract. It's a good problem to have. You've also got Hunter Dozier at third base, who's now playing some left and right, matching down at Omaha. So maybe that third base tree that Nettie Ost always used to joke about that doesn't exist. Maybe it does exist. Maybe they're watering it, fertilizing it. It's getting enough sunlight finally because the Royals seem to have three pretty doggone good options and possibilities at third base heading into 2017. But remember that Kendrys Morales most likely will walk. So the D8 spot will open up and that's a way you could easily get Moose and Cuthbert into the lineup every single day. Rest both guys. Gives you a chance to rest Gordon and Kane, give them half days off. So I'm not so sure that you would make any move this winter 
unless possibly you want to package Dozier with somebody to try to get a controllable young starting pitcher that's major league ready. I don't know that you deal Moose or Cuthbert going into the winter. Definitely not Cuthbert, and I would be shocked if Moose is traded. So had a tweet asking about that at Royals Clubhouse from Devin. Those are my thoughts on that. Now, going a little bit further down in the lineup, a guy that many are clamoring to get higher up in the order, and you can see why, is Paula Orlando, two for four with the run scored. Speaking of OPSing, he's up to 792 now. So the slugging is about where it was last year, down just a hair, but he's getting on base a lot more. Uh, a guy that at times can be frustrating because you see him make some questionable routes in the outfield, especially in right field. Looks a lot more comfortable, though, a lot more natural in center field, and that gives the Royals an option next year as well. Lorenzo Kane possibly, you know, getting in that DH spot once a week next year, playing right field at least a couple of times a week. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's a definite possibility because Orlando looks to be a lot better in center than he is in right. No doubt about that. Ran down a ball in the gap today in the sixth inning. Just made it look easy. So uh, Josh Toll found out about the, the Blue Jays catcher, found out about Orlando as well, who took a couple of hits away from him out there defensively. So 792 is going to play in right field if he can keep it up there around 800. But the OPS of 792 certainly, obviously, plays terrific in center field. And if, if Orlando can play average to plus defense, because I will always contend in right field he is below average defensively. But if he can play average to plus in center field, and I know he's not going to draw a ton of walks. I know that he swings often very early in the count, one of the top 10 for least amount of pitches seen in the league. But he's hitting. You can't deny that. So is it sustainable for him to keep that batting average up when he's not walking and get on base that much? I don't know. But the longer it goes on, and a guy who didn't start playing baseball until he was in high school, so a guy that, yeah, you're right around that 30-year-old mark, but you know, who's to say that he doesn't have several good years left in him and he's not just hitting his peak right now? Uh, for the Royals. So uh, definitely a guy that's interesting. Goes two for four with a run scored on this one. Drew Butera, a hit in an RBI. Stung a couple other balls pretty hard that were caught. And how about Raul Mondesi? Already has three bunt hits. That's the team lead. But up here for less than two weeks. What, 11 games? Is that what it is? No, eight games? Eight games. Ten games? I don't know what the hell it is. I can't keep track of time anymore. But two hits overall today with a run in an RBI for Raul Mondesi. Nice to see the athleticism, the confidence the only knock I've ever heard on him from the guys who watched him so much. I only saw Mondesi play about four games in the minor league, so I don't have too much of a background watching him. But I will defer to a number of guys who saw him quite a bit. The one thing I hear that's a concern for him is pitch recognition at the plate, is that he doesn't always pick up the ball well. He doesn't always know what the pitch is. And we'll see, you know, obviously how he does the longer he's in the league. And as the book goes out on him, ask Whit Merrifield all about that. You know, comes up doing pretty well, and then they figure him out and make some adjustments. And now Whit's back at Omaha. Hopefully that we'll see him coming up in the month of September. So a nice job by the Royals offense today against Marcus Stroman, who comes off of 13 Ks his last time out against Houston. The Royals cages four times in five innings, knock him out, three runs on seven hits. Nice job for the Royals offense. Now, your Donovan Ventura pitching-wise, I thought was terrific today, especially against this lineup and especially considering he only struck struck out four in six and two-thirds. And once again, I'd like to see those strikeout numbers get higher because Ventura, probably never a guy who's going to be a control pitcher. So if, if you're not a control pitcher, you're going to walk guys and hit guys and stuff like that. You're going to have to obviously miss some bats. And didn't do that at a high level today, but was able to keep Toronto from squaring him up. Just five hits, four walks, so nine base runners in six and two-thirds. Four Ks, more importantly, just a one run allowed. And that was Peter Moylan, who technically allowed the inherited runner to score on the wild pitch. But, you know, whatever. Moylan did his job coming in and striking out the hitter there. 
So nice job by Peter Moylan in the seventh inning. And then Chris Young finishes things off with two innings of no-run ball, one hit, one K. So a nice job by the Royals pitching staff today. All three guys did a very good job. The defense was solid. How about that throw from Lorenzo Cain in right field? We mentioned defense at the top. Gunning out Jose Bautista over there at third base. What a play, right? How much How much better does this team look with Lorenzo Cain in the lineup, by the way? I've been thinking that throughout the whole weekend and on the field. It just looks so much better. Hits the ball hard. Is so good on defense. Can really make some things happen in the base pass. It's so nice to see Lorenzo Cain back out there. And you can dream a little bit, too. It's easy to obviously get excited on a day when you score seven runs and win. And you scored four yesterday. So the whole nine games in a row with three runs or less, the club record is gone now. And it's easy to get excited and carried away by a very small sample size. But you can see next year going into the year, if you can add one to two starting pitchers, the Royals probably really only need one really good starter. When I say really good, I mean... At least Ian Kennedy are better. They need one guy like that, which they'll probably have to acquire via trade, whether that be Wade Davis, whether that be Kelvin Herrera, whether that be Hunter Dozier, whether that be Lorenzo Cain. I mean, there's there's some some possibilities of guys going into the last year of contracts and some young guys that could be packaged to get a guy like that because that guy's not available in the free agent market. There's just nothing this winter from the free agent market. But if you can make one trade and get one good starter to go along next year with the rest of your rotation, which would include Danny Duffy, Ian Kennedy, Yordano Ventura, and then that fifth spot, you've got some options. Then you can let Mike Miner and uh, Jason Vargas compete for that fifth spot next year. And then hopefully you get some guys like Zimmer or Almonte or Mills or Strom that are available to come up later in the year. That puts you in pretty decent you know, shape next year. If you can add one good starter this winter, and of course you got to find one bat as well. But you, you, you can dream, when, when I mentioned earlier, Moose and Cuthbert in the lineup at the same time. With Salvi, you get a bounce back year from Gordon. Just get guys healthy. Mondesi with Escobar out there. Maybe have Merrifield as your utility guy. I mean, you've got some, a, a decent-looking roster next year. You're going to have to shore up that bullpen a bit, though, as well. But that's one thing I trust Dayton Moore since he's gotten here. The one strength Dayton Moore has the most, more than any, is the bullpen. And I expect that will get better heading into next year. So some exciting things to look forward to. Now let's look ahead to the three-game series with the White Sox. Tuesday, game one is Chris Sale versus Edinson Volquez. Sale, 14-5. and five with a 3-1-2 against Volquez, 8-10 with a 4-9-9. Now, Sale, when he's not cutting up jerseys, is still a pretty damn good pitcher. Comes off of eight innings against Detroit last time out with 10 Ks, two runs on six hits. Now, the Royals have had individually some pretty nice success against Sale. How about Lorenzo Cain, 347 with three home runs against Sale and 49 AB. So if you play the, the fantasy baseball, maybe think about putting Lorenzo Cain in your lineup on Tuesday night. Alcides Escobar has a home run and 367 against Sale and 60 ABs. Hosmer, 359 with two home runs and 39. And Salvador Perez, 304 with a home run and 46 ABs. So a lot of success up and down against Chris Sale. Now Edison Volquez comes off of eight runs and five innings against Tampa, 11 hits, three walks horrible obviously and continues to really struggle his last couple of times out on that road trip got battered at both texas and tampa only one white Sox hitter with four bats or more has done well against him and that's melky cabrera who's 308 with the home run on 26 at bats Chris Sale, Edinson Volquez, Tuesday night. Got to give a slight edge to the White Sox, but it would not shock me at all if Volquez in front of the home crowd with a nice off day, some nice support, put the put the, the, the road, the weary road starts behind him. Would not surprise me at all if he comes out and throws six-plus innings of two-run ball and the Royals are able to steal a win in game one. 
Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm picking the Royals two out of three in this series. So that's one of the toss-up games to me is game one. I also think game two is a toss-up. Game three, I love the Royals. So uh, I think the Royals split the first two games and win the third game. So that first game is a split-type game along with the second game. I think the Royals win one of these two. Wednesday is Jose Quintana and Ian Kennedy. Quintana, the most underrated pitcher in the major leagues for my dollar bill the last couple of years and even this year nine and eight a two nine and three for Quintana congrats to him for being an all-star this year Ian Kennedy six and nine a four oh three now Quintana has a 1.69 ERA over his four starts since the all-star game but once again just like sale the White Sox lefty the Royals have hit this White Sox lefty pretty good as well Lorenzo Cain 321 and 53 at bats Morales 313 and 50 or 32 at bats Paulo is 375 and 16 at bats. Salvi, two home runs, 353 and 51 at bats. Even Chesler Cuthbert. How about this? Chesler Cuthbert is three for nine with two home runs against Quintana. Ian Kennedy comes off of six innings, no runs, nine Ks against Tampa Bay. Two guys in the White Sox have hit him pretty well. Justin Morneau, 364. How about Melky Cabrera has owned him? 417 with two home runs and 12 at bats for Melky. So I believe the Royals split those first two, and then I like them big in game three. Although it's a guy that coming into the year or even about a month ago, I laughed at when you'd say, Oh, Miguel Gonzalez is pitching. You'd say, Ha ha. Gonzalez, the guy that replaced Latos earlier this season. Or maybe it was Danks, one of those two guys that's been struggling <laughs> that were both DFA'd by the White Sox earlier this year. But Miguel Gonzalez has held his own, been very good. Has a 3.41 ERA over his last five starts. Gonzalez comes off six innings, three runs against Baltimore on the season, has a 4.09 ERA. Uh, Ned better get Gerard Dyson in the lineup on Thursday. Dyson, 8 for 10 against Gonzalez in his career. Salvi, 6 for 17 with the home run. Kane, 3 for 9 with the home run. Uh, Gonzalez, a guy, though, that could, you know doesn't strike out a lot of guys, but keeps throwing up 6 innings, 5 two-thirds, 6 and a third, 3 runs, 4 runs a start. Just a, a consistent guy there for the White Sox. So not a guy that... The Royals are just going to walk all over, but I do think they'll be able to score some runs. And with Danny Duffy on the hill, you know what that means. The Royals are 13-3 and when Duffy starts this year. 8-0 his last eight, the team is, when he starts. He comes off of a great game against Toronto, 6-2-3, six 6-Ks. Well, that's just a couple of runs in that game. Jose Abreu, 375 with a home run on 24 at-bats against Duffy. Diarno Navarro, 3-for-9 with the home run. Carlos Sanchez, 5 out of 8. So there you go. I like the Royals a lot in Game 3. I think they split the first two. I think they get two out of three. And the goal right now at this point is to see the Royals play 500 ball, right? You want to see the Royals end the year right around that mark. Gives them some momentum going into next year. You know, keeps fan interest pretty good through September. You don't want to see there be absolutely nobody out there in the month of September. I had a bad dream last night, by the way. I dreamt that the Royals played like a Tuesday night game in, in, in September and had 9,000 people out there. That's not even possible, obviously, with season ticket sales where they're at. But, man, what, <laughs> I just remember that right now. What an odd dream. Anyway, we'll be back with you again on Tuesday night. Be with you throughout this White Sox series. Be looking for an interview, by the way, tomorrow with Omaha Storm Chasers reliever. Back into that bullpen, Andrew Edwards. Check out his numbers. Striking out much better than a hitter printing this year. A guy who sits 96 to 97. Continues to move up the, the prospect list. A guy I'm assuming you'll see in the top 20 this winter of most Royals prospect lists. And a guy who 
could easily get a September call-up this year for the Royals. He's not in the 40 right now, but a guy you'll see for sure is a non-roster invitee next year in spring training and a guy that you'll probably see at the major league level at some point this year or next year. Andrew Edwards joins us coming up tomorrow right around lunchtime here on Clubhouse Conversation. So look for that interview. We do an interview with a current Royals player once a week during the season, and then once the offseason comes back this winter, be looking for an interview once a week with former Royals here on Clubhouse Conversation as well. You can always follow us on Twitter, at Royals Clubhouse. It's Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes, which you can do right here through the site at clubhouseconversation.com. Talk to you tomorrow. Go Royals!